Hello and welcome to Resilient Faith, a podcast ministry of Brentwood Presbyterian Church in Los Angeles, California. I'm Janice McQueen Ward, the worship elder at BPC, and I want to welcome and thank you for being here with us. Over the holiday season, we will focus on sermons from our current Advent series, Reconciled. We will explore returning to harmony and balance with God and our world today as Jesus opened the door for us to live in right relationships with each other, creation, and ourselves. Let's begin that journey. I love the way that Barbara Brown Taylor describes the story of creation. Listen to this. She says, once upon a time, or before time actually, before there were clocks or calendars or Christmas trees, God was all there was. No one knows anything about that time because no one was there to know it. But somewhere in the middle of that time, before time, God decided to make a world. Maybe God was bored, or maybe God was lonely, or maybe God just liked to make things and thought it was time to try something big. And so God made a world, this world, and filled it with the most astonishing things like humpback whales that sing and white striped skunks that stink and birds with more colors than a box of Crayola crayons. I don't know if you remember, but it goes on in the book of Genesis to say that when God was finished with making all of these things, God saw it and was pleased. God said that it was good. But God also couldn't help but feel like there was something missing until it slowly dawned on him everything God had made was interesting and gorgeous and fit together in its own way in a flourishing symbiotic relationship. But there was nothing in the creation that reminded God of God's self. It was as if God had painted this incredible masterpiece, but then forgot to sign it. And so God got busy creating God's signature piece, something made in God's image, so that whenever anyone saw it, they would know exactly who the artist was. And that is when God made us. I don't know if you ever really think of yourself as the signature piece in the most exquisite masterpiece ever painted. But that is exactly what you are. Which is why it broke God's heart when the first two of us got together behind God's back and did exactly the one very thing that God told us not to do and then hid from God in fear and embarrassment. How silly is that? They hid from God as if anything that we ever do could be hidden from God. Well, everything was different after that. God still loved us, but we did not have the same attraction. We went our own way and got all caught up learning new things, making things, growing things, buying things, selling things. 
And as we learned to do more and more for ourselves, we started to depend on God less and less until we forgot about God altogether. We started to call ourselves self-made men and women, as if that was a good thing, and started to honestly believe that we had created ourselves. And the more enamored and impressed we became with ourselves, the more we began to divide ourselves up into groups of people who looked and thought and talked just like us categorizing people, judging them and ranking them, who were the smartest and the prettiest and the best. And we assumed that the top group, which of course would be us, deserved special attention and special access to the rest of God's creation, which is when we began to plunder at an astonishing rate the world around us to satisfy every whim and craving we had. Those who still believed in God began drawing pictures of God that looked just like them, which made it even easier for them to turn their backs on the people who didn't look like them and to take and use whatever it was that they needed for their own private empires and their own insatiable egos. We learned how to cut ourselves off from other cultures and languages and tones of skin to build walls and fences around our yards and our territory, our private property, our national borders, surgically dividing up God's masterpiece into thousands of isolated, autonomous pieces. Even within our own nations, we continued to tear those pieces into pieces as we divided ourselves up further by class and race and sex and financial status and educational level. We even learned how to tear ourselves apart from the creation itself, abusing nature and ignoring the earth's cries for help, building cities with lights so bright that it eclipsed the glory of the evening sky and climate control systems that make the natural flow of seasons all but a moot point. And as we became more and more isolated and cut off and self-centered and self-focused, we knew deep down that something was not right, but we were just too busy and too distracted to try to figure out what it was. God tried shouting from the sidelines, using every possible means God could think of floods and Earthquakes, famines, and messengers, and manna. He got inside of people's dreams, and when they wouldn't listen there, he'd wake them up and whisper in their ear, but we were already lost. And God's masterpiece was shattered, and the pieces were floating off in a million different directions. Until tonight, this night, the night that God came up with the most daring and ingenious rescue, rescue plan known to humankind. A beautiful, brilliant, paradoxical plan to call us back, to maybe even pull back all of those broken, fragmented pieces of God's masterpiece that were always meant to flow and intermingle in perfect harmony together. 
And so God decided to send God's self into our world as the most vulnerable thing known in the entire tapestry, a newborn human baby. Can I ask you a very personal question tonight? Why are you here? I mean, why did you come here tonight? I know there's a lot of other places you could have been. I think for many of us, there's a whole host of reasons that we come to church on this night. For some of us, it's an old family tradition. For others, it's a chance to take a break from the madness and all the busyness of what this day means. Some of us love to come for the spectacular music. Thank you so, so much. Or to sing our favorite hymns. To see people we haven't seen in a long time. And yet I also suspect that you are here tonight because at least part of you knows that not everything is right in our world. That we are not living the way that we were created to live. That we are not connected to God or ourselves or each other or the rest of God's creation in the way that we were meant to be. Because there is a way we were created to live. A way that we were created to understand God and ourselves and this world we live in. A way that we were created to treat one another, to treat our world, to treat ourselves. And somehow we know that it's not the way that we are living now. Well, this entire month, we've been looking at the Christmas story from the point of view of God's daring rescue plan to reconcile us and all of creation back to God's self. We've been talking about how when we are back in a right relationship with God, it begins the process of healing that puts us back into a right relationship with ourselves, which then lays the groundwork for healthier and better relationships with others and the world and even creation itself. I want you to listen to the way that Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians. Therefore, Paul says, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and then gave us this ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You know, for all the times that we've read this story, this Christmas story that Megan and Laura just read for us, I don't know if you've ever noticed the degree to which this entire story, every line, every character, pulls in a different thread, another thread of this reconciliation that God is talking about, of this longing God has to pull all of the pieces back together in God's masterpiece of creation. 
The story starts with the brokenness in our families because we always hurt the ones that we are closest to the most, don't we? Do you think it really is any coincidence that the story starts with a young peasant girl who's terrified because she's scared that she's going to be cut off from her fiancé and her family facing total isolation and disconnection and maybe even worse, just at the time when she needs it the most? I suspect that there are some of you who are here tonight who have a strained or broken relationship with someone in your family that needs to be fixed. And I don't say that because I'm clairvoyant or anything. It's just that most of us do. Ernest Hemingway, in his short story, The Capital of the World, tells the story of a Spanish father who's constantly arguing and fighting with his teenage son, Paco. Eventually, Paco runs away, and his dad frantically begins an all-out search to try to find him. After exhausting all of the other avenues, the dad finally places a desperate ad in the Madrid newspaper, hoping his son might stumble across it. The ad simply says, My dearest Paco, please meet me in front of the newspaper office at noon. All is forgiven. Love, Papa. But the dad didn't count on was that because Paco is a very common name in the country of Spain, when the dad showed up the next day to the town square in front of the newspaper offices, he was overwhelmed by a crowd of 800 Pacos crowded there looking for their dads, hoping for nothing more than forgiveness and reconciliation. This is a human thing. This is what we do. Then do you think it's any coincidence that the first public announcement of the child's birth came to the shepherds out in the fields? In Rome, when a new child was born into the royal family, a page was sent, dispatched to the Roman Senate to herald the news of the birth of this new king to the Roman Senate. And yet here in this story, the only time a public announcement is made about the child's birth, it is to these shepherds, the rejects and outcasts of their society. In Jesus' day, the shepherds were among the most marginalized group of people. They were looked down upon as vagabonds and gypsies and thieves and were religiously unclean. And yet God's rescue plan was centered in drawing these people to include those in the margins, those who had been forgotten about and left behind. Do you remember what the angel said to them? Today I bring you good news that is for what? For all the people. This rescue plan is about opening our eyes and our hearts to those who were rejected and excluded and ignored in the present broken system in which we live. It's about looking into the eyes of our homeless brothers and sisters that we pass here on the streets of L.A., all of those pushed to the periphery and allowing our hearts to break with the things that break the heart of God. Allowing ourselves to see the image of God in their eyes and to live as though we are deeply, inextricably connected to them as though they are an integral part 
of God's masterpiece? Do you think it's a coincidence that the three wise men came from different countries and practiced different religions and even had different tones of skin? No. To those of us religious types who are so sure that we have it all figured out, that we have the line set, that we know who's in and out, who's out, God reminds us this night through these wise men that his masterpiece canvas was painted to include everyone. God's precious creations come in every color and culture and race and language. That we were created to be one human family and that God's masterpiece is incomplete without them. And what about that star and those fields and that barn and all those dirty animals? I mean, that's not even hygienic, is it? And yet it reminds us of the passage in Isaiah. The wolf will lie down with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The lion with the yearling. And what does it say? And a child will lead them all. It is as if God is bringing the entirety of an abused and forgotten creation itself to bear on God's effort to reunite God's masterpiece. I don't know if this will come to as a shock to you, but for years we've been misinterpreting perhaps the most famous scripture of all time. John 3.16. We all know it. It can be seen on bumper stickers all over this country. It can be seen on giant banners in the end zones of every NFL football game. You probably know it by heart just as I do. What is it? For God so loved the world that what? That he gave his only begotten son, that everyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have what? Eternal life. Well, would it surprise you to know that the Greek word that John uses here for world, for God so loved the world, is not, does not mean for God so loved people. It does not mean for God so loved humankind. It does not mean for God so loved us. No, the Greek word that John uses here in this, the most famous passage of all time, is the word cosmos. For God so loved the cosmos. And you don't really need to be a Greek scholar to figure out what that means, do you? What John was trying to say, that God loved every last bit of creation. That God is bringing together it all in one holy and blessed night to rescue and reweave this tapestry of a creation that God has crafted. So can I ask you tonight, where are the broken pieces of your life that need to be brought back together before you can take your rightful place as the signature creation in the center of God's grand masterpiece? Receive this child into your life, and he will begin to heal all of the broken relationships of your life reconciling you first to God and then to yourself and then to your family and your community, to your nation and your world. 
and finally to the totality of the cosmos and the very creation itself. You know, we are always teaching our children that it's better to give than to receive. But I don't know if on this night it might be our kids who have been right all along. Allow yourself to receive. To receive this gift, to pick up this child and hold him close to your heart. And the healing, it will begin immediately. And I guarantee you, this child will become not only the best gift that you have ever received in your life, but will become the very best gift that you will end up giving to all of those who are in your life. Receive this child and you will play your part in God's dramatic, bold rescue plan to bring back together all of those floating, broken pieces of God's masterpiece into one integrated whole. May it be so. Merry Christmas, my friends. Amen. We are so grateful you have joined us and hope this episode helped fuel your mind, body, and soul. This podcast is produced by me, Janice McQueen Ward, and by Cameron Ward, who also created the music. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe to our podcast and support us financially through the Give page of the BPC website. Until next week, go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.